the ground crew ladies and gentlemen it's been a minute a we're long back. minute it has been a long minute it's been uh what you were on our podcast the first week in june i'm pretty sure under I, the weather yeah yeah so it's it's been a while but we're back had a great omaha well, well dennis it was your first time in omaha what did you think it was really hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was that's the only thing that you remember about omaha it, a lot of long days very hot <laughs> I got. I have a video of him on like the first day, and like I set up like one of those like, hey, like you're talking to the camera. How are you feeling? Things, and he's like, my feet hurt, and I'm tired, and then he just kind of stared off into space, and then he's like, hi, can I help you? <laughs> yeah, that's about right for mm-hmm. Omaha. Omaha for the kids is is not fun for us, uh, but it's fun for everybody else, and uh, it had good energy this year. Yes, you know. Yes, really and, good vibes. Yeah, for for Dietz, I think he has that as like that's what what it is every year. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it was half that ghost town the year before. So oh, last year was very bad vibes. Bad vibes. Bad bad vibes. But store came out amazing. It was great to meet all the people and everybody got some merch and shout out to Trevor Farnstrom, my new homie. Yes, I see you, buddy. Yeah, um, the young legend. The young legend. Uh, so getting after it. Let's do it. What's before we get started, make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, last week, I, I wanted to start off with this because it was just absolutely epic. Uh, Jesse Winker versus the entire Angels team. You were fired up by that so I much. I loved it. I loved it. It was like because and because I saw Amir Garrett like tweet about it after, which is why I put that out. Um, like he just went after the whole team, and then Rendon, who were you know isn't just an injury risk, wanted to break his other hand and. Everybody's just like throwing real punches, and then at the end, Rizal Iglesias throwing all the food at people, and like it was just chaos. Love that. It's just the best. And me and Dita talked about the previous episode, like if people are getting hit so much and umps aren't doing anything about it, you just start fighting teams. Facts. Like what? Like what else do you really do? We've talked about this in the past. My biggest problem with all sports fights is like no one's really invested, mm-hmm. because if everybody decided to be really invested. You could get off some really clean punches. Yeah. Because guys are like out here, like backing away, doing all the things mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do when you get into a fight. Yep. And, but like guys are like a little hesitant to do it. It's if you're going to go that hard, do this. Go for yep. the whole go, team. Absolutely. Because he came out relatively unscathed for trying to fight Facts. 40 dudes. Yep. Like, might as well at this point, there's no fear. I Somebody's going to get somebody's my back. Gonna, yeah. We're going to be fine. Somebody's yep. going to disrupt this. Worst case, I'm walking out of here is I busted a hand or something because I don't know how to throw a punch. But. I gotta land at least once. Yep. Be the first one. Yep. First and then, strike. And, but, and people still get injured, right? Like uh, what's uh, Archie Bradley was hopping over the fence. Yep. Now he's out for six weeks because his elbow's messed up. <laughs> like, yeah, he broke his elbow, right? I don't I, know about he broke bro- it. No, I'm pretty sure he broke it falling over the. Uh, Love that. Oh, that's super brutal then. Love but that. he's he's out for a minute. Uh, they threw suspensions at everybody and the and their mother, including just, the interpreter, including the interpreter, which is so funny. Love that. Um, which I just love that he he wanted to get into the action. I mean, that's you love to see it. So that was fun. Uh, while we're on the Angels for a second, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead. Ooh, uh, love that. Shohei Otani. He's he's back. Oh yeah. He he's all the way back. Oh uh, yeah. His his last three starts. I don't think he's given up a run. 
Uh, so I can give you I can give you what's going on last uh, last seven games for him. Okay. As, so like, obviously for a pitcher, last seven games is always going to be uh, a little bit different. It's a longer period of time. But in his last seven starts, he has a two five nine ERA in forty one innings. He has fifty five strikeouts, a one point zero six WHIP. Like so, that's elite, elite, elite stuff. Yep. To go a longer timeline on that, you have to look at what he's been in his last 30 games as a hitter. And in his last 30 games as a hitter, he's got a 292 batting average, a 398 on base percentage, and a 604 slugging percentage. All in for that, he's a little over a thousand OPS. Uh, he's got eight home runs in his last 30 games. So his home run numbers are actually a little bit down mm-hmm. from what they've been. Uh, but overall, he is absolutely on a tear. Last seven games, a 714 slugging percentage and a 533 on base percentage for a nice 1250 OPS. Uh, right now, it's being underreported that he's a god because uh, we're so used to this is what all of last year was as a hitter, but he never had this much success as a hitter and pitcher same time last year. Right. Like he is ungodly hitter like mvp candidate thousand ops guy and he's your team's best starting pitcher like name a team in the league there are a handful of guys who have pitched better than otani this year and that's that that's what i'll throw to you two who has pitched better than him in the american league at uh, a 2-5 era justin verlander where's I'm justin at know. where's justin the cheat at very low uh, it helps when you cheat. I mean, he's at a two-two-two ERA. I'm here with you that that's that he's been better from an ERA standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, his last seven games, two nine six ERA, forty five innings pitch, forty one strikeouts. Nope, last seven games he's been worse than Otani. So his last Manoa, seven starts worse than Otani. Alec Manoa, 205 on the season. Uh, 14 starts, 79 strikeouts in 87 innings. What's he in the last seven? I'm trying to find that. Go MLB.com. MLB.com has a good seven-day spread on stuff. Because that's, that's for me he like – He's been shoving too because he's <clears> his, – his ERA is just plummeting. Manoa. Yes. Last, he's killing it. Last seven, two, three, six ERA. Uh, he's given up 12 runs in those uh, seven games though. 40 strikeouts, though. Again, I would I mean, that's say... What that's I would what I was saying. He's been better. Like, in the short term, Otani hasn't given up a, a run in three games. Absolutely. He's striking out everyone and their mother. And then to, to couple that with the fact that he's also your team's best hitter. Yep. Like the Mets, as good as we've talked about Pete Alonso, the Mets don't have a 1,000 OPS guy. Otani's a 1,000 OPS. Yep. And he's sitting out here also top five pitcher in the league. Nuts. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. We're where do you think they end up? Oh God, around five hundred. I hope for the remainder of the first half. Like they 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 won last night again, thanks to Otani being a savage. Yeah. Um, which helps improve their record to thirty-seven and forty-one. Um, the the downside is is that they they're just not good enough to click over, and. Well, it hurts when your expensive third baseman is also just well. Rendon's done at this non- point in time. I, I, I would. He's a bag of sand. Yeah, like, you can't even ever rely on him ever again. Ever. Can't. He's an albatross of a contract. You got to throw that out, baby, with the bathwater. Like he's gone. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's 
gone. Mm-hmm. Um, then looking at it, they're close enough that you got to start saying, okay, could they do some stuff? But they're not going to overtake the Astros, who look like they're rounding into form. They just beat up on the Mets and the Yankees. Yeah. Like rounding into form to be a really good team. So then you're looking at it and saying, okay, we can't win our division, so we're going to be a, a wild card team. And then you look at the AL East, and you would be the fifth best team. You only two games up on the Orioles, who have been hot lately. Yeah. Hot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they can be buyers, but I would hope that they get a, enough going uh, that they buy a little bit. I don't see that happening. I don't either. Yeah, it's it's so sad, truly. But they have a lot of young pitching in the minor leagues. Yep. That if they went to a team like the A's and said, hey, we'll give you some young arms, give us your best pitcher, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they can get more pitching. Maybe they can get somebody to replace Rendon. Maybe they contact the Mets and they take J.D. Davis and like now they have a guy who's a you know round eight hundred OPS third baseman at least get them something going on there. Yeah, that wouldn't take much. I wouldn't think. Um, I think they could team build pretty well mm-hmm. if they wanted to. Sure. Um, and that's the thing is like you have to go all in right now, don't you? I mean, I don't know. Noah's on a one year deal. Yeah. So Noah's gone next year anyway, so that money's off. Yep. So even if you got money that was a little bit this year and then was on next year, you could walk away from Noah and replace it, right? So you don't really stack on that. Right. You got Mike Trout making the most expensive contract in the league. You have Otani cheap for, like, one more year. So, like, with that being the case, I feel like you have to lean into this moment. It's... It's the best financial situation you're going to be in for a, a season and a half until Otani's up. And if Otani asks for what he we think he's going to get, which is mm. the same contract as Trout, right? Like, how old's Otani? 27? He is, sure. uh, yes. When so he, he'll be 29 for free agency. Right, but I think they're going to extend him. He's going to have to get extended when he's 28. He's not going to make it to free agency. Okay, yeah. Right? They're going to have to extend him next year. They're going to have to extend him if they're going to keep him. If you're mm-hmm. not going to keep him, then he's going somewhere, and they're going to extend him while he's 28. Yeah. So he's getting an extension somewhere when he's 28, which means the extension starts at 29. So we're talking, let's call it that he's going to get a seven-year deal at $40 million a year. Right? Mm-hmm. Seven-year deal, $40 million a year. You're talking $280 million. They have to do it now, like go all in now. If they don't, they're 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 never trying to win. Yeah, this is the peak of who they'll ever be. Yeah, and if that's the case, it's fine. I would then dump. What's the point? I mean, they they definitely have to pay for Otani. Like he's he's not going to take any type of discount. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he asked for more than forty. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd like, pay him more than 40. I mean, when when uh, there was some interview where, it, like, there was a discussion of, like, is he going to ask for 50? And he was kind of like, I mean. With the, <laughs> with, the, with the salary cap growing, yeah. right, in the next couple of years by, like, $50 million, mm-hmm. right? 
there's a lot more money supposed to be available. So if you're looking at, and that's why I think Aaron Judge and guys like that are looking at the deals and they're saying, you're trying to get me on today's money. And I need you to start paying me tomorrow's. Right. We're right on the cusp of, because what's, uh, what's the MLB salary cap going up to? Because um, I think that there was a, a, like, what's happening and what's coming up. Do we know what that is? Like, like where it's like gonna yeah. extend up to? Yeah. Uh, hold on, I think I have it here. It will increase to tw- two sixty three by twenty twenty six. Two sixty three, and what is yeah. it today? It was two ten last season. So it's going up fifty million dollars. So when you look at that on two hundred and ten fifty three million, you're talking that it's going up by roughly twenty five percent. So you have to increase the top end of a contract by 25%. If he wants Trout's money that was signed back in the day mm-hmm. and Trout's making 40 and you're going to give him, yeah, that's $50 million. That's straight up a $50 million yep. deal. That would be the same size contract as a guy like Trout. Yeah, $50 million. Seven mm-hmm. years, $350 million. Bucks. And he's, if he's giving you this kind of output, what are you going to say? For no. Sure. <laughs> At that point, if I'm him, like that's, that's me being generous. He probably is going to ask for eight years. Why wouldn't you? Everybody, yeah. every big deal takes most guys into their late thirties. Right. I cut his deal at at seven just because I was like, that's age thirty six. Mm-hmm. But why would he do that? Pay me big, big money on the back end of that deal. Yep. Pay me when I suck. Well, he, I mean, he also has the ability too to like, oh, I'm not really hitting that good anymore. I'm not really. So, I can but, go one or the other. Yeah. yeah. This year I'm a pitcher. Yep. Next year I'm a hitter. Like. I'll occasionally take a bat here and here and there. Yep. Like, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, the Angels got to do it, and if they if they don't lean into something soon, um, it's a shame. Yeah. Jeff Passan just tweeted, or an hour ago, I'm recording this. Over the last three weeks, Shohei Otani has put up, uh, and I'm getting a spam call. Happens all the I saw that. Uh, about that time. Uh, put up 2.5 wins above replacement in the last three weeks. He's been the most. Uh, he's been the best pitcher in baseball and the 15th most productive offensive player. And Judge is still the MVP favorite. What a beast! Yeah. No. It, I mean, it's. I feel like as much as Otani is doing great, like so much of baseball is going to pull for Aaron Judge to win MVP of the people who like vote and all that. Oh, Judge, Judge is going to get a lot of votes, but he doesn't deserve it. If, if Otani like stays on the – but I could also see a world where if Otani keeps like – like gets back on the incline of his offensive output and then keeps his pitching where it's at, that like you'll come down at the end of the season everyone's going to be like, well – Judge did have a really good season. He did bat 310 with 120 RBIs and 55 to 60 homers. But Shohei Otani hit 35 home runs and had a 2-1 ERA. So who's it going to be? It's, I think it could be very tight. I'm with you on the very tight situation. I think the the, the problem that we're – and here's the thing. Right now you're looking at Judge as a 3-7 more and Otani's at a 3-6. For the season? For the season. Right? Yeah. My 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 biggest thing is Judge is going to get the benefit of the New York media cycle. Right. He's currently sitting at a 992 OPS. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Otani is currently sitting at an 862 OPS, but obviously we know he's borderline Cy Young. It's going to be tight, but I don't know how you don't give it to a guy who also pitches. It, it's it's such a weird dynamic yeah. where it's impossible for you to, to tell me that Judge is possibly more valuable. Like, it's the league's most valuable player. There is no one more valuable to winning a game than Shohei Otani. Shohei. Shohei Otani. There is no one. No one. Yeah. And Otani's not even right now in the uh, as a starter for the All-Star game at, at any position. From the votes? Yeah. I mean, the votes also had Fernando Tatis as, like, the fourth highest shortstop he has played a game. Yeah. And he's not a shortstop anymore. Yeah. They have Alvarez ahead of him as a DH, and I don't see anything for pitching. I mean, Jordan Francisco is ahead. No. Oh. no. Well, Next year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the end of this year. <laughs> Soon. Soon. Very soon. I mean, he caught Scherzer last night in uh, Binghamton. That was intentionally done. Oh, for sure. They, for they sure. wanted to do that to get a little spice, see how he does, how does yep. he frame. Because next year he's going to be his catcher. So Yeah, and and, he, and uh, Scherzer had some nice things to say. So, I mean, Alvarez is just an absolute machine. It, it, you know, listen, it's double A, but he <coughs> is doing He hit some, another home run last night. I know, it's every day. Yeah. And like uh, I'm just gonna shrug my shoulders. Like it's just it is what it is now. Um, but we'll see. Scherzer is gonna be back soon, which is good. Degrom, one <coughs> whole year later, will be back after the All Star break. Hyped. So that's cool. Um, the Mets just need to hold on. Are you worried about the Braves at all? Of course. Yeah. How can I not be worried about the Braves? My my biggest thing though is the and the Braves. Like any Braves fan has to understand this mm-hmm. is that like. Scherzer will be there for the whole back half. Yeah. And as the games become more competitive, he becomes a better pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, like, the bigger the moment, the more you get out of him. I also think that guy like uh, Bassett, he very much so enjoys having Scherzer in the bullpen and pitches better when he can talk to Scherzer in between. Yeah. Like Scherzer has been phenomenal at teaching the other pitchers on the team mm-hmm. what they're fucking up and what they're not. Yep. More so than DeGrom ever did. Because I think DeGrom is so uniquely talented that he can't, like, deliver how to be better at the things. Right. Where Scherzer is like a baseball junkie. Yep. And, like, all he's done is, like, I've 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 been about this forever. Mm-hmm. DeGrom was a shortstop for most of his life. Right. Right? Like, he learned – he's been he's learning just like, how to pitch. throw 100. Yeah, like. <laughs> Scherzer was that guy when he was four. Yep. Um, so he's been a stud. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm nervous about them because they, they have a great team. Um, the only thing I'm not nervous about is I just heard, you know, on the radio yesterday um, that the Mets are interested in upgrading every position. Great. So there's not a. Yeah, I mean, also there's the, not a, if if a if a guy comes up and somebody calls them and they go they go, would you like this guy to improve your lineup? And they look at it and they go, it would improve the lineup immensely, and the price is right. Mm-hmm. Not not a, not undersold, not overpaid. The price is right. They'll pull the trigger on anybody, which means you got outfield that can help us, and we're no longer going to put McNeil and Canna in the outfield. McNeil's going permanently to second base, and and Canna's going to the bench. Mm-hmm. Fine. I don't know if that guy exists. Yeah, I don't know. Um, in the um, off season, he does. Well, in the off season, when Judge is available, mm-hmm. yeah, but sure. that that's a horse of a different color. Yes. Um, I want that chaos so bad. <laughs> I, I I genuinely I think I think the catcher position is where they're going to go. 
because McCann they're having to play right now because yeah. of a, a salary situation. Um, but he's borderline unplayable for the Mets because he's he's a fine MLB catcher, mm-hmm. but he is not supposed to be an MLB catcher on a championship team. Yeah. So I think that that's going to that, be a thing. I'd say that's probably – like offensively, one of their biggest holes for sure. If they're trying to add another bat in a place, because like in all reality, like Canha's more than serviceable, McNe- like, way more. You know what I mean? So like our outfield overall, killing it. Um, there, I'd say maybe third base was the only other like potential. Like, hey, we could upgrade here, kind of thing. Especially with Escobar only being here for one more year next year. Yeah, to me, the the big the big but, bad yes. is catcher. Yep. They've been terrible at the catcher spot. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy like Wilson Contreras available for a single year. He would take roughly what we gave up for Javi Baez probably, um, which is a solid, if not spectacular, prospect um, who's young and is low in the in the, the field. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I, I had no problem with that. Like, I'm good as long as it's not any of the guys that we have double A up. Yep. Anybody who's below double A, fine. Mm-hmm. The the bats that they have in 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 double A are fantastic, uh, and the, they have a couple bats at triple A that are fantastic. I would give up an arm like Skapuki, who didn't look fantastic, mm-hmm. but is still only like a twenty four year old triple A guy with a three ERA in triple A. Like it was ninety six on the left side. Like it's let that guy come up, be on a bad team, yep. see if you have a you know fourth or fifth starter for a rental, and then another guy who's high upside but maybe a little old. So the Mets have some 22-year-old guys in St. Lucie who you're very old for the level, mm-hmm. um, and you're killing it, but are you ever going to be anything at a higher level? Probably right. not. But if you do, great. You guys take the wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, staying in the National League East. Sure. Um Mark Appel, yes, uh, makes his debut age thirty. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's it's honestly an amazing story. I mean, he's about to turn thirty one, like next week. He's thirty like, though. He, he yeah, made it at thirty. But like that's that's wild. And he was like a f- so. And, and we we had talked about this a long time ago on a different podcast. Like, yep. Um, he was a first overall pick in twenty thirteen. Yep. And I understand like you want to get him ready for the big leagues and whatever. But if you're first overall. 10 years ago you can't like you have to get that guy to the league quickly like i don't know what what is the first round for like that's insane and like he like he quit baseball for two years yep like he he went through it and and god bless him he he pounded away and figured it out and got his way back to the show and like that's amazing but like also our system's got problems well we've talked about that ad nauseum i I, yes again i think you look at a situation where we were just talking about the player, Francisco Alvarez. Why is he not in the show? Right? Like, yeah. y- you have a guy who's got a 950 OPS in double A. You're like, what more does he actually need to do to be like, yes, he's big league ready? You're telling me that he's not better than Patrick Mazika? <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's saying that. <laughs> well, but that's my thing. Mazika's hit at the MLB level, he's come up with sort some of. clutch moments. Yeah. Like, he, he's done all this, this, amazing amazing stuff at the MLB level but should he be there like on, the, on a cha- like on a championship caliber team like for a substantial amount of time no not a chance like what like the Yankees have their two catchers right and 
sure they rotate and whatever but like ne- neither of them would you would say are like bad yep Mizika's I look at him I'm like you're not really that good like you you could be probably the everyday starter for the Reds or the Marlins but like on this team like you're you're a band-aid for most of the year if, yeah. if, you're, if you're coming up like you're it's just because you're a vet and you can you can do some different things for for us and and that's fine but yes at some point I, I and like I know that like the way the system of the minor leagues and how everything works is that they want to bring them up when they're ready and whatever but my boy's ready <laughs> like I don't know what else he needs to really show like I can't think of I understand like from defensively maybe well but, so Adley Rushman was considered the best catching prospect in the minors yep right the number two catching prospect in the minors was Francisco Alvarez yep Adley Rushman made his debut this year he is 24 and he is in the show Alvarez is 20 uh last year that's wild last year Adley Rushman was at double a right yep and last year at Double A in the exact same league that Alvarez is in, he had a 900 OPS. Did Adley Rushman? So the exact same league, mm-hmm. he had a 900 OPS. So my my kind of my situation here is, you have Alvarez with a 950 OPS at Double A level. Every other sign is there. Move faster. We know it works. Yep. Right, like he should at least be at Triple A, right? But yep. we got Patrick Mazika there, who's tw- who's twenty eight, and who's on the MLB forty man roster. So like, I get that there's forty man roster add things. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Alvarez mm-hmm. most likely isn't on the forty man, right? And the reason why he's not on the forty man is he's at no risk of being selected in Rule Five. So there's no reason to put him on the forty man yet, and you don't have an ability to take him down. But you could put Mazika in Binghamton, and put. Alvarez in AAA in Syracuse and let him let him hit. Show me what's up. We would expect those arms are harder to hit against, and there's there's some reason to be there. If he's killing it, what are we waiting for? September call-ups. Yeah. To do the thing at worst. But um, from a dra- <clears throat> like the draft is coming too, right? Yep. Like from a draft perspective, and this kind of is for both of you. Like, what do you think the first round should be more? pro like mlb ready guys like that are like within two years are like you're in the show let's go i mean i i dennis what's your take i mean not necessarily just because i I also have the hockey background and usually you have your first round picks you have like the top two or three guys will make the nhl that year outside of that they're going back to juniors they're playing in right. europe still like they're developing for a little bit because yep. these guys are getting drafted at 18 years old uh usually they'll make their debuts by like 20 to 22 somewhere in there sure so i think the development is important but mm-hmm. i also think it's more important that you reward the guys as they're looking good consistently that they move up the ranks faster even if you already have someone there like, like Bill was saying before, 20-year-old guy versus a 28-year-old guy. Like, let the 20-year-old get more opportunities. You already know what the 28-year-old is. Right. And and, that, and that's kind of my thought, too. Is like, I, I understand that, like, a lot of the – you look at a first-round pick for this, some 18-year-old kid out of high school that's like, wow, this kid could be the next Juan Soto. We want to get him now. But also look at that person and say, all right, if he's the next Juan Soto, like, what's his timeline and how do we actually achieve that, like, quickly? And this is why I think that there should be a, a cap on a first a, a player drafted. <clears throat> if you're drafted out of um, high school, it's a five year max, mm-hmm. 
right? We have you for five years. If you can't develop me in five years, don't draft me first round, right? Like yeah. if you're, because I think <clears throat> that goes back to what we've talked about in the past and, and my thoughts on that. One, if I draft a player in the first round and they're not in the show by the time they're 22, they leave high school at 18, they're 22, and they have not made it, there's a couple other reasons. One, they were never good enough to be a first-round pick. Right. Right? We were projecting, and our projections were wrong. They were capped in some areas. We had no idea. We risked it for the biscuit. Second thing, your development program and your whole system is shoddy, and you did a bad job of bringing them along. Third, they're blocked at the MLB level by a player who plays the same position but is two years from being a free agent, so the team is just inherently keeping you down. Mm-hmm. Because at 24, you'll replace that player, and you'll be great right out of the box for cheap, and we'll have you till you're 31 for cheap, and you're not a superstar, so we can keep you on the fringes like that. So no matter what the answer for that is, mm-hmm. it's the team fucking up. And I, I hate that. And I yeah. think that I, I am fine with an 18-year-old going in the first round, but I think that they should have five years. If you're drafted in the in, in out of high school, you it's a five year deal. If you're drafted out of college, and you are 21, it's a it's a three year deal. Mm-hmm. Because if I draft a kid 21, 22, if you're not up in three years, guys, I just played three years of college. Now I've just played three more years with you. I'm not in the league. You took me when I was 23 year old senior. Yep. By the time I'm 26, if I'm not up. Let me be free. Because the reality even then is, was that player, did you ever even think that player was making it up? Or did you want a player who was advanced college guy who could come in and give you advanced college look for your superstar player to actually get good game, like, action? Yeah, I mean, and listen, they get to the 25-26 mark, their their time window of even having a shot, if they're not in, like, triple A. Yep. Is, is ghosted because this this game is like hey if you're not 20 years old like we don't have longevity for you so it's not so, gonna work so now you now you make it that you take away guys like appel where hey he was driving first round a couple years done now he got injuries he got everything else right he, he's gone through it but that's part of the deal right mm-hmm. like just because i got hurt doesn't mean you should keep me for more years yep and it's the only sport that i know of and, and dennis what's the deal with hockey if I draft a player when he's 18 years old and he doesn't like come until he's 24, do I still own his rights? Does he go back to the pool? Uh, it, it gets a little complicated with hockey just because European players have different rights and uh, uh, Canadian Hockey League players that have different rights than college guys. College guys, if they finish out their entire four years, they're free to sign with any team, even if they've been drafted to another one. Like They can do whatever they want. Uh, guys in the college ho- or Canadian ho- Hockey League Usually they're signing three-year entry-level contracts a year after they're drafted or so. They're under contract for three years, and they're a restricted free agent until their age 24, 25 season. Gotcha. That is the way to do it. Yep. Right? That's exactly what we're talking about. Look at about. hockey go. Look at hockey. Have, and But you know what? Like, the funniest thing is, when, when he was even talking about hockey before, I was thinking in my head, I feel like – young players consistently get into the NHL. Oh, it's for because sure. Because the salary cap's so low, you want as many entry-level guys that can provide a boost to your team because they're cheap. Mm-hmm. But but then, if a guy is an old guy mm-hmm. who's not very good, he's done. 
he doesn't get resigned. They bring in the young guy who can play for him. Right. At the MLB level, we, we, we I saw it the other day. Villar finally got cut. Yes. Right? Yep. And it's like, Jonathan Villar should not necessarily be playing in the MLB level anymore. And that's not an indictment on the man. But he, it's on the, an indictment on his output. He was a negative .6 war this year, which means he was worse than a replacement-level guy at the MLB level. But you sign him just because he is a jack. You get to delay bringing a guy up. I don't have to pay a guy. I don't get. He doesn't invest into the bonus pool where I have to pay for his health insurance, and I got all this other stuff. There's so many manipulations of baseball players' careers. Right. But a guy like Jonathan Villar has not been a net positive player truly at scale for a number of years now. But a guy like Adley Rushman is kept down until he's 24. Four guys like Villar. Mm -hmm. And guys like Patrick Mizika, who's a 28-year-old AAA catcher who's had a couple cups of coffee at the MLB level, right? Pitching to me is different. Mm -hmm. Pitching to me is different. If you have a guy who can throw every other day, every five days, and he's a 28-year-old AAA guy, but he can come up to the MLB level and throw a high four ERA and eat innings, there's a value there because guys get their arms blown out anyway. Yeah. Right? So I look at that as different because there's only so many bullets. But hitters... Man, these old dudes who barely hit, who get to stay in the league because they don't want to have to pay a young guy, is the, the worst. Yep. The worst. Well, speaking of young guys that are getting brought up, let's talk about O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. He is spectacular. At six foot seven, shortstop mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh Pirates. O'Neill Cruz. <sighs> yeah, I his missed that first... up the other night. What do you mean? Well, we were talking about Orioles, and I'm like, talking about oh, shortstop gotcha. oh my god wait he's pittsburgh yeah, yeah. but i mean Same. don't get me wrong though baltimore has a actually pretty nasty but o'neill cruz is yeah different uh yeah he's a freak so his first game out throwing 96 across the diamond i don't know if you saw his home run from a couple nights ago it was pretty much a line drive that yep. didn't change height and just went over the fence <laughs> he i mean he's just a beast my question is can he stay at shortstop physically and are people going to figure out how to pitch to him quickly? I think they already have because yeah. his numbers suck. <laughs> yeah. His numbers don't suck. They fucking suck. All right, Dennis, what are the numbers? So his numbers are better than Jonathan Villar, who we were just talking about. All right, well, that's good. Then. And he's 23, so yep. hit me with the knowledge. And he's been in the game for like five hit, days. Hit me with the knowledge, <laughs> Dennis. Dennis. Let's go. 36 at-bats. His batting average and uh, on-base percentage are 222, and his OPS is 611. So I have currently that he has 38 at bats, a 211 batting average, and a 618 OPS. Okay, so if Baseball mm. Reference didn't update his yeah, numbers so from which yesterday, we talked, about, we that. talked we about, about that. But either way, it's not jumping up much from yesterday. Yeah. Um, last seven games, this is this is calling out for him a, a a high a high 600 OPS, almost 700 OPS in his last seven games. Um, his previous games like when you look at his last 15 not as good so he's trending up on both power and on base percentage Mm uh my and then if you look at his speed and his all this other stuff i don't think he stays short i don't i actually don't even think he stays in the infield 
Okay. With all the speed that he has, I don't know why you wouldn't just pop him out in the in, in the outfield at some point in time. Now, maybe they got some older guys they got to trade and move on, and maybe they're going to give him the the keys and see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this reminds me also to some degree of a Glaber Torres situation. Just because a guy played shortstop through his entire career doesn't mean you keep him there. When he gets to the show, it degrades his offensive ability and the other things that make him freaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, O'Neill Cruz looks like he's got all of the pieces that you want to be a superstar player. Um, I think the position, he's out of position. I think so, too. Um, I could see a world where he kind of gets the Aaron Judge treatment, maybe, and maybe they ask him to bulk up a little and go play right field or center field, maybe. And- hey, but you watch the exit velocity he's got when he hits – I think he's already if like he's, 220 pounds. I believe he is 220. Yeah. He he looks skinnier because he's six seven. Right. Um, but, but that actually probably is better for his long term. Yes. Health. So. Yes. And you you yeah he's six seven two twenty. I don't think he needs to get bigger. Yeah. Right. Like I you look at Mookie Betts is 180 pounds. Right. Yeah, dude, his 30 plus home runs. Like you you don't need to have that if you're barreling up a ball hard. Yeah. Um, and he can barrel it up hard. He already throws 97 miles an hour in the infield. Yeah. I have to believe that if he comes up on a ball, scoops it up, and throws a guy out at home plate from center field, everybody's going to ooh and ah. Like his be arms, triple digits. Yeah, yeah triple digits <laughs> from the outfield. Like you think uh, uh, Judge has a good arm. Imagine this kid. You think Judge has good mobility. Imagine this kid. He's mm-hmm. faster, same height, better arm, um, not nearly the hitter that Judge walked in being. Right. Uh, but he's got all the tools. So exciting to see young players like that get to the show and do yes. some stuff. Again, that's the same thing for guys who started this year that we were talking about. Julio Rodriguez struggled. Bobby Wood Jr. struggled. But look at them lately. Killing if, it. If, 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 if Julio Rodriguez especially. Well, again, if you if you look at just what guys do when they first start coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Bobby Witt as a rookie at 22 years old. Has a 243 batting average, 11 home runs, 12 stolen bases, and a 750 OPS, right? But if if you unpack his whole season, he's doing way better than that. For the last 30 games, he's sitting closer to a 790 OPS mm-hmm. as a rookie shortstop third base guy. That's fantastic. Yep, fantastic. And you know how much better he's going to get from this year to next year. Like, why was it ever that he wasn't up? He needed to get to this level to figure out, hey, what do I suck at? How do I get better at it? And then how do I become one of the best players in the league? Um, Julio, 12 home runs, 272 batting average, 19 stolen bases, 787 OPS for the season. But again, as we know, last 30 games for him, He's sitting closer to a 840 OPS. Mm-hmm. That's an all-star. Yep. That's an all-star player for a center fielder who's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Those two guys have been everything that you're looking for, but you had to deal with the fact that they were a 600 OPS for a month and change. Yep. They weren't Can't just give up on contributing to winning then, but they're contributing to winning now. They sure are. And that's what we talked about on a past episode, right? Like, why do you have a Jonathan Villar playing? When you could just let a, a soup like a, a high end young player struggle for six weeks instead. Yep. For the two games, Valar helps you win by getting a big hit in a big moment that that kid maybe doesn't come up clutch for you. You get to the back half of the season, that kid's a way better player, a way better player. Yeah. 
But we're, it, it, nobody wants to survive a kid's slump unless you're a bad team. You're like, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Right, Kansas City Royals, like, it doesn't matter. Go ahead, Bobby. Do you now, think? now you're a stud. Yep. I wish teams like, again, the Mets. Psst, you, you, you got guys who are just doing meh at spots. Get rid of the meh guy. Put in a bad player. But the, the idea is they won't be bad in a bunch of weeks. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, they're Pete Alonso and they come right out of the gate smacking it. And if that happens, your team rides the wave of destiny and wins. Yep. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, where do I want to go next? Dennis Dietz. Yes. What were your thoughts on the Freddie Freeman news? Oh yesterday? my God. The tea was exquisite. Yeah, so Freddie as a whole, like this whole thing has been interesting to see how it goes. Dennis, unpack it for the people who might not have heard yep. this so whole news. Freddie comes back to Atlanta, gets a standing ovation, gets a talk for the crowd uh, before the game, everything. Yep. Crying the whole time, gets his ring. Super exciting. Everyone yes. loved it. And then as the days went on, we started hearing more and more. Freddie was uh, upset that he wasn't a Brave, started giving the vibes that the Dodgers, he didn't necessarily want to be there. He wanted to be a Brave the whole time. Clayton Kershaw comes out and says, like, all right, well, do you want to be here? Because if you don't, then get out type of thing. It Mm -hmm. sounds like the team's unhappy with him. And then it comes out yesterday that his uh, agent didn't tell him about the offer that the Braves gave him, which I believe was somewhere around the ballpark of five years, $170 million, if I'm not okay. mistaken. That's yep. off the top of my head. I don't remember. I, had, I don't have the number in front of me, but it sounds right. Yeah. Uh, and then Freddie proceeds to fire his entire agency uh, after finding this news out when he was in Atlanta. So uh, heartbreaking for him because you could tell he – desperately wants to be there and i could totally see a situation in the offseason where you see a matt olsen for freddie freeman swap between the dodgers and the braves so his final offer was south of 162 okay and i guess freddie was willing to take that um but the agent wouldn't have gotten as much money so he didn't tell freddie about it knowing right that that has to be the motivation correct the for the agent yeah yes does that guy work with any players going forward? No, not a chance. He already did. You did you see the uh, his tweet today about it from the agent? No, he's he's disputing the entire thing that it's all BS and that he's they're like looking to take legal action immediately. Kind of have to at that point. To against who? Uh, whoever tweeted that out. Um, hold on, I have the. I'd have to assume that when Freddie came back to Atlanta, he had a conversation with someone high up and been like, yeah, we're right. surprised went, you didn't take this type yep. thing. And you can't really dispute that. It's The facts are coming out. Right. It, it was like uh, he probably met with the GM, like, hey, guys, how you doing? They were like, damn, bro, why don't you, you never hit us back? <laughs> um, I can't find – I can't find – it was like a reporter or something that, like, leaked the information. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to sue the shit out of you for that. Well, again, so let, let's let's see how that whole thing plays out. I'm very curious to like, um, what the actual truth. Let's see of the how that, is. the truth of that, and, and and where that goes. However, um, I had dinner uh, last night with someone who was uh, an agent at Octagon at one point in time, and uh, we had the conversation, and he said, uh, if true. Um, the, there's going to be a mass exodus of clients out of that agency, and they represent a lot of people mm-hmm. um, and a lot of big names. So his his opinion was, um, 
that is an egregious thing. And but he wasn't sure if there was legal action that Freddie could take. Um, uh, that's what we were talking about. Is that illegal? So <clears throat> it's unethical. Okay. And from an ethics standpoint, if this person is a lawyer who's representing things, he might be disbarred. And if you're disbarred because you didn't represent in the full interest of your client's needs, mm-hmm. um, you could be disbarred and you no longer could practice law in the capacity that you do. That doesn't necessarily take people out of being agents. There's other people who are really good at negotiation who are not the person who signs off on the legality of everything. Sure. But really at that point in time, you know, if you're good at something, you're good at something. That's how, you know, uh, Jay-Z owns his own agency. Uh, Like he's not an agent. You're using somebody else's ability to do those things. You're providing what you're good at. Right. Um, But uh, we, we were unaware of whether or not he did have legal recourse. I do think he has some, you know, arrows in the quiver Mm -hmm. Uh, if you if freddie wants to fire those things off um i think he did what he wanted to do which is if that is the case just cut those guys Mm -hmm. um but they're still going to make money now here's the crazier thing about it because we were running up some of the numbers on what this would be Mm -hmm. um what was the deal that freddie was offered by the braves What uh, is what it is was his... less than 162? So I think his current thing is 162. So yeah, no, his current deal is six years, 162. I'm trying to see what the great. Uh, so his no current actual... deal paid his agency um, over the lifetime of the deal because you do it based off of when you get paid, not just necessarily a lump sum, right? The agency made 4.86 million dollars to negotiate and sign that deal for him, right? But now my question is, what was the deal that he was offered by them? Let's say it was 140. The agency made four point two million, so it's only six hundred thousand dollars less by doing that deal. Right. I have a hard time thinking that the story is entirely true. I have the deal. It was a five-year, one hundred forty million dollar counter offer. That was the last deal the Braves offered. So that's my point. This agent sacrificed his integrity over six hundred thousand dollars, and he went from four point two million to four point eight six million dollars paid out over the life of the contract Mm -hmm. seems fake right yeah i don't know i don't know if that's necessarily true if it's true it's the bonehead move of the century i don't know what you're thinking the interesting thing about it too and also just looking at the the agent and guys that he's represented uh clayton kershaw's one and he's stayed a lifetime dodger and you really haven't heard too much about him having issues and another one was Derek jeter and Derek Jeter was a lifetime Yankee, no issue with contracts ever with that. So I don't necessarily believe that out of nowhere he'd kind of tell Freddie he or not tell mm-hmm. Freddie about the deal just because of twenty million right. at the end of the day. Maybe his his thought process there is he's trying to get him into a big market like L.A. Or obviously Jeter was already in New York. Yeah. Kershaw's already in yeah. L.A. You like, got a guy to L.A. You got yeah. a guy to a bigger market. Yep, for more if money. You own, if you own a marketing, if if you have a marketing arm to your 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 team, which many of these people do, yeah. you're now able to go and try to get local marketing in excess of what you're getting. Now, Atlanta is not a small market. Yeah, it's not New York. It's not L.A. But it is not a small market. I I don't I I have a hard time thinking again that the story is 100% true. But right now, based off of what we know superficially, mm-hmm. it's a travesty. And it's one of the worst things I've ever heard about in sports. Yeah, it's 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 not, not good. 
I, I'm I, I'm <clears throat> sure based on whatever they said uh, today that like we're gonna be hearing about this for the next like week or so because I'm sure There's it'll be go. on a day to day like this is what actually happened like here's all the documents like here here you go media. Um, is Bill? You'd have more information on it than either of us, I'm sure. When they're offering contracts, is it does it have to all be in writing or can it also be verbal? Because if it's all verbal, writing. there's no way to prove it. All in writing. Okay. All in writing. There's official offers that are presented. Now, if you're saying that, did they put an official offer in front of the agent? Yeah, that's that's what that, I'm wondering. That, that's a situation where no, they wouldn't necessarily. But then the agent is also now into a he said, she said moment, and you can't prove it. Right. Right. So the reality is, is that you'll get to the point of court of public opinion. And if players now believe that this this team does not present all the information, like let's go, let's go back in time. Forget guys just trying to stay there. What if Derek Jeter had a deal for the Kansas City Royals for $40 million a year and his agent didn't bring it to him because he didn't want him to not be a Yankee? Are you asking would he be upset by that? No, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm saying like we're talking about the fact that guys stayed lifelong members of their right. team. But what if Clayton Kershaw got offered 18 million dollars more to go somewhere else, but he was never presented with it, so he stayed a Dodger? Maybe right. he wouldn't be a lifelong Dodger. Right. Maybe yeah. there was a better deal out yeah, there. It's up to them to and make that decision. And this guy has yeah. now manipulated multiple people to stay where he wants. Mm-hmm. Is he doing it because the GMs that he's working with are kicking him off money on the side? Like, this could unpack itself into layers of, like, complexity that we're not even getting into in the in the general media. Only here on the Grounds Crew Podcast. Yeah. But, like, that's something that could have happened. Like, this guy could have been man- manipulating markets this entire time and not giving information back to a client. And now, do I think sometimes that happens? I think more often than we'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Just not high profile. A million dollars here or there. Yeah. It's a verbal offer. It wasn't there. Hey, what do you want to do? Talks to the client. Client says, hey, there, there's the best offer on the table, and I always wanted to be there. And he goes, okay, cool. And doesn't tell him that he could have made $2 million more. Because did it really matter? Mm-hmm. No. But that's a slippery slope yep. of ethics. Was it ethical? Oh, yeah, you know, he's going to be happier. It's a better team. It's a better circumstance. He's making more money. He won't have to uproot his family. Ultimately, he might take more money because he thinks it's what he has to do. But, like, I don't even want to give him that as an idea. I'm going to – you can slippery slope that all day. I'm going to manipulate where guys go because I'm the biggest agent. Imagine Scott Boris. We can say whatever we want about Scott Boris. You know what we know? Scott's taking the biggest deal on the board. His yep. ethics are out there on the table. Yep. You you hire me, you don't stay with your old team. You go with who's going to pay you the most money. The only time you're going to choose your old team is if your old team matches the best offer that's out there on the on the court. Best offer? Guess what? You guys got him too. Great. But you know who Boris is, and you might think that that's unethical. But he is not out here shifty. This is shifty. And, and leads me to think that there's a lot of terrorism going on in agencies out there in the world, which it, I hate. It wouldn't shock me. I'm, I'm sure the negotiating tactics of them with that much money on the table has to be has to be chestnut checkers, and sometimes it can be a little dicey. Um, other big news this week. Uh, Rob Manfred put out that he wants to have the automated strike zone by 2024. Love Thoughts? it. Love it. Love it. Deets? I, I, I'm... 
contrarian, I don't love it. I, I like the human, Hit me why. I love human error, and I think it's good for the game to have human error because you get all these discussions online about how bad Angel Hernandez is, mm-hmm. and you like I think at the end of the day, the way to grow the game is almost no uh, bad publicity, still good publicity at the end of the so day. So to me, and this is why I love the automated strike zone, it makes it that we're no longer guessing greatness. Because how often, and here's something that, I, and I'll use it as the example. Trey Young weighs 107 pounds and is five feet tall. Mm-hmm. So every time he goes into the paint to make a layup, a guy who is seven feet tall, 280 pounds, breathes on him, he falls down. Foul. LeBron is six foot eight, 260, and is a steamroller. He goes into the paint and he gets hit by the guy who's seven foot, 280. There's only a 20-pound difference, and that dude's a lot taller. LeBron gets no call. He just absorbs the body contact, makes the layup. He's not shooting foul shots. Mm -hmm. But the little guy is. Why? Well, it's because we think the little guy needs to be protected. It's inherently how those things are called. So is Trey Young as good as he is, or does he take advantage of the fact that he's small to make it look like he's getting beat up? He he takes advantage of the fact that he's got the worst hair in the NBA, and he... Goes in and, and his little gremlin ass gets touched and he falls down. 28 foul shots a game. Whatever it is. Yep. At the MLB level, we have Angel Hernandez. And somebody the other day missed, I think it was like, somebody put up the stat, 27 bad calls. Yes, I saw that. 27 in a single outing. Like, I don't know who's good at baseball. So the, I I am now on the on an umpire who is bad at what he's doing right now mm-hmm. is making good players look bad because he's allowing things that are out of the zone to be there. Yep. Hit uh, me, Dennis. So there are two different scorings. There's the one that we see online, which is done by whoever, yep. and then there's one that the actual umpires association makes themselves. Yep. That have completely different. Um, statistics and a lot of the times things that'll say like they missed 20 something calls for an mlb game the umpire one will tell them they only missed one or two but that's that's the umpire one protecting the umpire but that's 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 what i'm saying we're never gonna have like better umpires because they're always protecting. but it's it's a big problem when so like if you're bad at your job you get fired if the majority of the people who watch baseball know that angel hernandez is a liability at umpiring a baseball game and like you could probably find a high school umpire that does a better job Ouch. i mean he he's made some like like egregious egregious, egregious. like <clears throat> I, like i don't know how you do that at that level yeah like i understand you've been here for a while and that's great but like i mean i need you to get better if you're if you're gonna stay here like plain and simple and there and there's there's also umpires in the game who get 99 percent of the calls right and like and the, and those guys are celebrated like yeah. that's and that's amazing because that like at that level I mean NFL NBA like what would you say the majority of refs like get like a lot of the calls right like more or like there's not as much egregious I, failure I think I think more people don't understand how hard it is to ump the live action games versus baseball mm-hmm. I think the easiest job to do is to be an umpire in baseball. Out of all three. Yeah, no, I agree. Because there is no guesstimation. Mm-hmm. There should not be guesstimation. There is a a, a thing on the ground that sh- t- tells you how wide it is. Yep. And then the ball has to pass over it between knee and letters. And yet, 
everyone's actual strike zone as an umpire is different. So there's no standardization of what it is. Well, hey, this is this is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge knows the strike zone pretty pretty well. I'm going to take myself out of this. I'm going to let a great player be great. Meanwhile, rookie comes up. This guy, I don't know this fucking kid. Tight strike zone, mm. right? Like this is a veteran pitcher. I know he knows where he's going. So the close calls go to the pitcher and not to the young hitter. So the young hitter struggles. Yep. An automated strike zone takes all of it out. And now it's not about a pitcher being deceptive uh, or and a catcher being deceptive of, I, I could pull it in and make a guy call a strike. Right. No, now it's, did I actually deceive him and get him to swing on a pitch that was great? And it dropped out of the zone. They swung over the top. That's still a strike. There's still going to be foul tips that get caught. Umpire's got to be there. There's still calls at the bases that a guy has to make sure he comes through with the right one. Yeah, it can go to the, the booth and it can get reviewed. But keeping yourself in live action and being able to get the right call is important, right? Those, those things matter. How an umpire controls the game in terms of guys getting thrown at, where things are going, how stuff is going, that all matters. But we don't know who is as good as they say they are because the strike zone is influenced by perception and not necessarily what actually happened. Yep. And that's like saying that I get to choose whether or not a ball went into the basket in basketball. Eh, you know, he missed that one. No, guess yep. what? It's the same size for everybody. It's in the same place yes. for everybody. And I do and like the, the uniformity aspect. <clears throat> I think that is – like like there's on uh, ESPN or LB Network, there's a virtual strike zone. And they, yep. they tell you – like they, we already have an automated strike zone like capability. Obviously, it's it's been used in different levels. But like virtually, if they could show you ball path, where it went through. Like – and then it, and then the umpire is like, ah, you know, this is actually the, – the strike zone is going to be more of an oval today. Yeah. It's going to expand. It's going to contract. Mine's an oval. His is a sideways rectangle. Yeah. His is Swiss his, cheese. <laughs> his is a rhombus. Like, everybody's yep. in a different, like, geometric shape. Like, yep. uh, I'm just – I'm here for the automated strike zone. I look forward to it being put in. I think it helps the entirety of the league, mm-hmm. and I actually think it's going to help offense. Here, Here's a fun one. So this is the, the numbers that I was remembering. So April 25th, it was a game uh, the Phillies lost one nothing. Angel Hernandez was given a grade of 96% by the MLB. The umpire scorecard online was giving him an 85.3, and he also uh, called strike three on Gene Segura. The pitch missed by 6.47 inches. It missed by my cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's big. Like, that's a, a big miss to call somebody out on. Yep. And that person is also seeing the same strike zone that you are. They think in the box. And the reason why they're at the MLB level is they know that box better than you. So we have guys who don't have as good of an eye for the strike zone being umpires against guys who are future Hall of Famers who know their strike zone incredibly Mm -hmm. but also same thing a guy who crowds the plate right and a pitcher decides to throw inside when a guy crowds the plate inherently when the umpire sees that that pitch is a little close to him calls it a ball yep but that pitch might be hitting black Mm -hmm. but because it looks close to him the strike zone has been moved out a little bit and he forces the the pitcher to have to throw the ball more and more out over the plate well, now also, if the pitch is outside, he can see that it's not on the strike zone. So everybody now crowds the plate. It's why the Mets are getting hit so much, yep. right? But it's why guys it, it, guys do that to take that away. If I can't just crowd the plate because the ball comes in and the sensor goes, strike, 
He's going to get mad, but you know what he's going to have to do? Get off the plate. And we're going to get to the point that who is actually good at it and who's been manipulating the rules at high levels. I hate the manipulation of the rule. It's the Trey Young effect. It, I, I hate you manipulating a rule to make yourself better at the game versus just being better at the game. Yeah, that's fair. So hit me with the automatic strike zone. And hit me with the pitch timer. See, I don't think that matters as much. Oh, so if you if you go to the if you go to the minor leagues, the pitch timer is making games move massively faster. I you're, know you're cutting half hour to forty five minutes off of nine inning games. What's the what's the time they have? I think fifteen seconds. Okay, that is actually substantial. It's substantial, yeah. but you know who it actually is for? The hitter to get in the fucking box. Yeah. So that yeah. so that dude is the person delaying it. They're the one on timer. That's what I was gonna say. Like most pitchers, like just in normal situation, will get there within fifteen seconds. Yeah. So like, there's the occasional guy who takes forever, well, but like you know who that is. But the, even the guy who's taking forever, pitch it faster, and now you don't get to. You're a little more rattled. You're a little more this whatever. But hitters who every time, like Derek Jeter, a, a ball goes in, put one foot out. Nomar was the one that did it the most. Mm-hmm. Well, like I gotta adjust everything, every single thing. Yeah, cup, butt cheeks. Okay, I'm back in. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna throw. And like guys use it as a way to mess up the timing of the pitcher, and that's fine to some gamesmanship, but it's gotten overblown. Every single dude is like, my chain needs to be seven centimeters off my heart to the. Fuck mm-hmm. off. Get, get, get in the box and hit the ball. <laughs> yep. And then uh, other big news this week. Uh, well, I guess two separate things. Uh, the MLB wants to expand to 32 teams in the next four-ish years. No. No? Answer is no. Why? The MLB cannot expand to 32 teams. And listen, players want 32 teams because that means more guys get to go up. Sure. The, the challenge and the reason I say no is is that's only going to add two more teams who decide not to try to win. Yeah. And that's my – I can't deal with it. If they're going to add 30, two more teams and they're going to get to 32, I need relegation. I need the bottom eight to play in their own league. They go against each other, and there's a, there's a champion there, and every year the bottom two teams and the top two teams switch places. And you either get relegated or you get moved out of relegation. And it will force people to bring up their best players and play their best mm-hmm. players. And guess what? Is a free agent going to want to sign with a relegated team? Nope. Nope. And if a player doesn't want to play with a relegated team, because guess what? You can you you can only offer, right, this much money to a player. Yep. In relegation. Can't can't go and, and can't go crazy. We're playing with a salary cap inside relegation. You guys are stuck. If your team is already above the salary cap line, you can stay there. Mm-hmm. But your team can't spend above and beyond to bring anybody else in. And boop, boop, go down to relegation. The the MLB and baseball does not need more teams. There's too many bad baseball players playing in the game. I think it depends on ownership. Vegas Golden Knights have been the highest spending team in the NHL, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals their first year. They've perennial been a favorite oh, to I don't beat think, the Stanley Cup. I, it's not the new team, I think, that goes to relegation. Oh, I'm not saying it's that. that. I'm more saying... of the old time. Yeah, but you're, you're saying that that team's been great. Who has now decided to start being shitty in the league? 
I mean, teams have been shitty regardless. No, but new teams have decided to go to a whole other level of disgusting. Right? Like, you, it's not that the new team comes in and you worry that they're not going to be good right away. I, that's not my concern. You, you bring in a new team, you open up that there's an expansion draft, and you open up that they can take players from a bunch of different teams. Each team has to expose three players, four players from their MLB roster. Right, and that team gets to come in and pick those guys off your team, and then they get to get the first overall pick in the upcoming draft. That and and here we go, and we we line these people up. Plus, they get supplemental picks, all this other stuff. Great, that team could be good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's going to mean another team on the cusp stops trying to be good, because it's now a further away. I am further away from contention, so why spend? This team just got uh, uh, a John Carlos Stanton to be its DH. It got <clears throat> Max Scherzer to come be one of its pitchers. Right, your your team's going to be good. You you your team would be fine. It's that the Marlins or the Texas Rangers or somebody at the bottom goes. I'm just going to collect my check. Let those teams. Let, let the Yankees, the Mets, the, the Dodgers keep paying into this money, and I get the cash. Oh, and that's the other thing. If you have relegation, your team can't get any of the luxury tax money. Oh, come on. Light me on fire. Light me on fire. Tell me that all of a sudden the athletics, nobody's showing up to the game. You're getting none of the luxury tax dollars. What are you going to do? You're going to sell the team. Yep. They would be forced to sell the team inside of two years. And now I have solved relegation. Well, speaking of the A's selling the team or doing something with the team, the MLB said last week that there would be no uh, relocation fee for the A's if they wanted to move to Vegas because the MLB wants a team in Las Vegas <coughs> very badly. Why would you put the athletics in Vegas? I don't know. I don't. You, there's no world where we would let them relocate to that, that you let them relocate to Vegas without the stipulation that you have to spend 175 million dollars a year, minimum. That's not. That's not up to the salary cap, right? That's below the salary cap still. Because I don't think it felt. I don't think it helps your your fan situation. You know, like you, you got a junk ass. Look, look what the Raiders have done since they moved to L.A. More money Vegas. spent. Yeah. Bringing in better players. Gorgeous Devon, stadium, too. Gorgeous huh? stadium. Gorgeous stadium. Yeah. But they've leaned into being good. They've been trying. And they've been trying in a division that they were given no shot at being good in. Yeah. yeah they were they were mediocre for a bunch of seasons mm-hmm. in a row, and everybody thought that was their cap. But they've gradually just added on. And they're, they haven't overpaid people. They haven't done too much. They have sat in there and been like the thing I say all the time. Quarterback is the most overrated position in the NFL. It is the most overrated in position in the NFL. There are a handful of guys who can take any team and make them win. A handful. And then there's a whole bunch of guys who need to have certain things in order to be successful. And the reality is is that Derek Carr needs a bunch of things to be there for him to be successful. And he has them all now. He's got a good defense, solid offensive line, great running game, receivers who are there for him, tight end that's there for him, all play-action things. Cool. He is more than enough to win at that level. But the athletics, they will not spend. They'll go there, and nobody will show up, and it'll be a failure in Vegas. 
And that's why that's why Vegas was never really considered. Everybody thought it'd be a failure. It'd be hard to nah, dude. I can't put a guy who's shown me he can't lead a team. I'd rather move another team who's interested in going somewhere. I'd rather move the Tampa Bay Rays to Vegas. The Rays have all this stuff about we don't have people showing up to games. We don't mm-hmm. have this. We don't have that. Guess what? Cool. Move out of Tampa. Send Tampa to Vegas. The Vegas Rays. Cool. They already changed their name to Sun Rays. They're not the 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 Devil Rays. Yeah. They're the Sun Rays. Cool. You think there's not sun in Vegas? Let's go. Bright lights. Done. That's who uh, the Athletics are not allowed. They're a yeah. relegated team. If that happens, it shows me that nobody knows what they're doing in baseball, and they should just blow it up and start a new league. I think it might the Frontier happen. League. It's coming. I, I think it might happen. Honestly, relegation? No. That uh, it gets blown up? No. Nope. Or that Oakland ends up there? Oakland ends up in Vegas. Yeah. Hey, bro, then again, it's it's they're, at some point their stadium is like literally going to fall apart. Like the, <sighs> uh, the upper deck's gonna fall off, and then they're gonna be like, oh shoot, we need somewhere to go. Yeah, cool. Put them in. Put them in Sacramento. You guys get to be the Sacramento A's. Let's get it, boys. Put them somewhere worse. Like, what's the worst city in the country I could put them? And then also not give them any luxury tax money anymore. Somewhere in Wyoming. You guys are now (laughs) the Wyoming Athletics, and you're relegated, so you get no money. Yeah. I feel like New Jersey would be a good spot for No, stop. The Jets and the Giants play in Jersey. Wow, great examples. You know? You can't do that. I don't know. Shame. It'll be it'll be definitely uh a shame if it happens. <laughs> yes. You know what else is a shame? What's a shame, Bill? <sighs> Today's episode is going to be the last episode of the Grounds Crew podcast for an indeterminate amount of time. We are going to be taking an unknown hiatus uh due to everybody on the team Growing into great positions. Uh, we started the Grounds Crew podcast with the idea that we wanted to provide an alternative thing, talking about the game, living a baseball lifestyle, and talking about the game of baseball. And the three of us came together and for the last year and a half have, on a, on a regular weekly basis, uh, shown up here and cursed and yelled and laughed and done dumb things mm-hmm. uh, and had funny stuff happen. And uh, it is sad for it to happen, uh, but it's going to need to. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to hit the brakes a little bit before you can hit the gas. Got to hit the brakes before you can hit the gas. Dennis, thoughts? Yeah, man. Nope. Nope. Dennis doesn't want to talk because Dennis might cry. Yeah. Because this, this is not done with a light heart. This is done with a heavy heart. Yes, very heavy. But I, I, I think we'll be back soon. Soon, sooner than I, th- I think we we all think. So, when that day comes, I'll be I'll be very excited to sit back in this chair and hang out with you guys again. For sure. Yeah. Maybe we even upgrade the chairs. Maybe we even upgrade the chairs. Maybe Dennis won't be in a folding chair next year. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out St. John's. Shout out St. John's. Well, everybody, we'll see you when we see you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>